Well, just one tweet or X or post, whatever we're supposed to call it today, can turn into like 5,000 separate conversations. Some of them encouraging, some of them draining, some, I dare say, an absolute waste of time. <laughs> I gotta ask, is this format helping or is it hurting our society? What's it like to do apologetics on X, formerly Twitter? Well, I think about it in the Apostle Paul's day, Mars Hill was the place to gather and debate ideas and talk about religions, topics, and things going on in that time. Today, X kind of marks that spot. Formerly known as Twitter, X at this time is the 12th largest platform in the world where information is spread and ideas are exchanged. So what is it like for a modern pastor to practice apologetics on X? If death existed pre-human, then death was already here. Therefore, death is not the result of sin, which is exactly what scripture teaches us. And so if death is not the result of sin, what did Jesus truly die to save us from? To me, the whole thing unravels if you lose the doctrine of original sin and evolution absolutely calls into question the doctrine of original sin. If he thinks that this sandcastle is ridiculous to think that it came from nature, what do you think about the universe itself? Something much more complex. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Hey guys, welcome to the Creation Today Show. If you are new to the show, my name is Eric Hovind. I'm your host, and we are on a mission to disciple the world one person at a time. And we know it's working because there you are. And we're so glad you guys are hanging out with us just for a few minutes today. Our goal is to turn stumbling blocks that people have uh, that keep them com from coming to the Bible or coming to Jesus Christ and turn those stumbling blocks into stepping stones on their journey to know and discover the truth about who God is. If you're joining me through social media, we are really glad you're here. You're peeking into a community of people that are on Zoom right now joining me to talk about conversations. We do, or talk about different things, but in this conversation, talking about how to do apologetics on social media. Uh, we gather weekly on Wednesdays at noon to uh, hang out, talk to experts, and have conversations that will strengthen and grow our faith and help us to be everything that God has called us to be. If you ever want to join our community, I invite you to come over to creationtoday.org, partner with us, and join the community. My guest today uh, has been doing apologetics on Twitter for several years. Uh, it's Pastor Wendell Phelps. He is a pastor in, he's the pastor of Providence Baptist Church in Kentucky. He calls it a rural church, and he has uh, a, a, an, actually a, a really big presence. We'll look at it on Twitter, and has a lot of fun doing apologetics, teaching the truth of the Bible to people literally around the world from his rural church in Kentucky, and it's just, it's so cool. Pastor Wendell, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's an honor to be on your show here today. Man, you run Wendell Talks on Twitter. You gotta get, well, okay. I want to get into how you got on that, but first of all, rural Kentucky and a rural church. Okay, how, how country are you? Tell me how country you guys are up there. 
Ah, we are as country as a pumpkin, they say, or as country as a pan of cornbread. <laughs> hey, that's good country right there. Is this where you grew up? Have you just always been there? Uh, yes. I, I actually minister in a community not far from my hometown. Nice. Well, you and I haven't had the chance to hang out. I've just seen your stuff on Twitter, and I was like, I reached out. I'm going, you got to hang out with me on a show. You seem like somebody that would be fun to hang out with. So uh, thank you for hanging out with us and taking your time to do this with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, okay. I got to know why why you jumped onto Twitter. What's uh, How long have you been doing? Give me some background on how this turned into really, a, I don't know if it's a mission for you or if it's just a mission field for you, but give me some background on what you got you started. And I can't wait to share some of what you posted. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's more of a mission field. I look, I look at Twitter that way. Um, I started on Twitter way back in 2014. I wasn't doing apologetics at the time. I was more of a consumer than a content producer back then. And then as I was consuming content over the years, I was going back and forth between, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just looking at all these awful takes on Christianity. And what started to blow my mind is how these very bad arguments against, against Christianity was actually being taken serious by a lot of the younger generation today. So I set out trying to correct some of that to let them know that these arguments they're seeing on social media are false. These memes don't have any truth to them. And here's the real story. So my partner is here. Have you ever tried to do apologetics online? If you have, just click yes or, or like type yes in the comments. I've tried to do it. And tell me what platform you've done apologetics on. If you're online right now on Facebook or on YouTube uh, or Twitter for that matter or Rumble, let me know. Do you try to actually do apologetics? Matter of fact, if you're an atheist, We'll give you atheist apologetics trying to defend atheism. You let me know. Do you guys actually try to do argue your points on Twitter? Are you more of a consumer, a uh, a commenter, or do you try to produce content uh, like Wendell is doing now? Um, Wendell, I, whose idea was it to take the most misunderstood form of communication, text messages? I mean, how many times have I gotten into a, a frustrating conversation with my wife. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not what I meant. No, you misunderstood me. And then say, hey, let's turn this into a full-blown worldwide communication and conversation platform. Nothing could go wrong here. What's it like doing apologetics on X? It is a world in and of itself. I will tell you that. You will encounter some of the most interesting people, some of the most interesting characters that I never realized existed or people who thought this way. And so it's been in both a headache at times, but it's been more enjoyable than anything. And we have seen some fruit come from this apologetics uh, ministry that we've been doing on X. And so it's been well worth it. It's been, it's been a blast and it's something I hope to continue for many more years to come. That's really cool. So uh, when did you start really kind of taking off and say, I'm going to move from uh, consumer to content creator? Like what year, when, when did that kind of happen? All right. So I started producing some content. It was more just basic ministry content, I would say, right before Elon Musk took over, about a year or two before. And things went well at first. I began to grow a following. And then I had my account shadow banned. And things became really hard to, it became really difficult to produce content on Twitter because I was being throttled down so much. And so right when I was about to give up, everything changed. Call it the providence of God. It, it could have been. Elon Musk comes in, there's this $40 billion deal to buy Twitter. And since that point, 
over the last year, I've really took off. I've more than doubled my growth and, and things have gotten pretty interesting. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking on, and I want to share, I'm going to share a screen real quick uh, of your, of your Twitter page. You got 33,000 followers on Twitter, man. Look at this. I mean, 33,000 followers. That is, does that, does that like surprise you? Does it amaze you how much reach you can have? Uh, it absolutely does for a small rural pastor. It's, it's pretty interesting. So that's more people than attend your church every Sunday? Oh, by far. <laughs> Dude, it's amazing. Guys, technology has, has, has brought about great evils. It's, it's also brought about great good. This is something that you can use to share your faith. Uh, let me ask you this real quick, because um, I was also involved in Twitter. I got it when it came out, I think 2013, maybe 11. I'd have to look at my homepage to see when I joined. Uh, and over the, over the last several years before Elon bought it, I got frustrated. I went, this is ridiculous. It's 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 to the point where, I mean, you watched the Babylon Bee get taken off. You watched Donald Trump get taken off. You went, what is the point of this platform? So I just kind of stopped. I put it aside. I'm like, I don't know if they're making money from me being on it, but let me just, let me get off of this platform. And it has been incredibly refreshing to get back on now and see real conversations happening. What Tell me what that was like for you before and after Elon. Oh, night and day. There for a while, when I first was getting started, things were okay. But it's like uh, when Twitter learned who I was, perhaps my account got reported too much. Things really took a, a turn for the worse. Somebody asked here in the question, what is a shadow ban? A shadow ban is basically when they hide your account. So when you post content online, the provider you're going through, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, uh, what have you, they're throttling you down. That way your content gets seen by less and less people. So that's what happened leading up to Elon Musk uh, purchasing Twitter. It got to the point near the end there where I was ready to give up because my content went from thousands and thousands of impressions dropping down to a few hundred. And and they don't tell you that they're doing this. They just do it on their own. They just like in the background, this is a conservative guy. We The, the computer mm -hmm. algorithms that they put in say he's conservative, therefore back his throttle back how many people we show his threads to is that right yeah absolutely I, I was by far not the only person this happened to obviously i'm a small fish in in the pond of twitter but it become very hard for conservatives in general especially conservative christians to communicate on the platform because we were getting suspended uh we were getting uh, our accounts punished very often I, I was suspended from twitter two or three times for like 72 hours one for like uh, a full week on some very, very basic tweets about the faith. Wow. Okay, so for those who, and I, and I, and I want to get into some of your tweets, so forgive me, but let me, for, the, for those who really don't use Twitter, can you explain, you, you give an understanding of what, of what Twitter is and how you're using it and, and how people use it real quick. Okay, so if you go back about 20 years, Twitter is essentially a big old chat room from the early internet era. That's probably the best way to explain it. And so Twitter, unlike uh, other platforms like uh, TikTok or even Instagram is now more into video, uh, Twitter is primarily text-based. So you will send out a message, kind of like similar to a text message, and it becomes an open thread where anybody that wants to can uh, apply to that thread underneath. So it ends up just being lots and lots of conversations happening all over the world. And what I do like about Twitter is you you – this is the platform that even like all, all the way up to world leaders are using this as a platform and as a way to get their voice out. I mean, there's there's a reason 
they took Donald Trump off of Twitter. They wanted to silence the voice. That was the real genuine reason. So it is a worldwide public forum. And I think that's why Elon Musk saw this and said, we need this open forum for the world to talk together and uh, for the world to have conversations. Um, all right, when you do, uh, I'm, I want to go through a couple of your tweets here and I want to ask you what you're thinking when, when you do these. Uh, all right, so I got one here. Show a picture of a sandcastle and you say, hey, atheists, look what blind random processes produced. All right, Wendell, spill the beans. What are you thinking here, buddy? Uh, okay, so obviously this is kind of an in-your-face type illustration of what the argument truly is for a materialist or an evolutionist, right? They believe ultimately that everything that was created was through naturalism, right? Was naturalistic processes. So in the very end, if you wanted to follow the chain all the way from their beginning to where we're at now, essentially a human being who built this was just a part of that chain of natural processes that was just blind and random. So this is the result of that. Now, of course, when we all see this, we, we can visualize that that's nonsense, right? I, I think it was uh, Lee Strobel. Uh, I was listening to a podcast to him not long ago, and he had this interesting take, and I'll share this real quick. Uh, he was talking about walking on a beach and the waves, right, would come and uh, leave these beautiful designs on the beach as it goes back and forth. And he realized that, you know, that's created by the ocean. Anybody who walked through there realized that's just the beauty of nature. But if you come across a big old heart drawn in the sand that said, you know, Sally loves John or something like that, you don't attribute that to the ocean. You realize that was created by an intelligent mind. And so that was the thinking behind this tweet to try to illustrate that things like this are the product of minds, not random chance. Now, I do love the fact that Twitter has opened up where you can do lots of visuals, lots of videos, and now they're kind of becoming a platform where you can share because the memes on Twitter are fantastic. And I got to tell you, Wendell, that's something that I, as I was on Twitter for years, I was kind of jealous sometimes of the creativity of the atheists. They can mm -hmm. be incredibly creative with their memes. And I thought they were great. So we'll come across a few here in a second. I thought it was interesting that uh, John, who obviously is an atheist on this thread, says nobody, atheist or otherwise, would say that. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, if we follow John's thought, where are we going to end up at is my question, right? Everything was just blind, random chance in a naturalistic, materialistic universe in an atheistic worldview. So we are going to end up on that. And John realizes that, nobody's going to encounter a, a sandcastle like that and think that it was the product of, of nature. It, it, it's just, you know, it's intuitive that that was created. And that's what I wanted people to realize. Okay. So he makes that comment and you respond with, but yet you believe something much more complex was the result of natural processes. I want to get into this, but tell me what goes into your mind when you're actually, you know, you've got limited time, you've got limited people that you should respond to. What makes you decide when to respond and when not to respond on Twitter? What makes you go, you know what? I'm going to throw this response in there. That came in. Let me throw a response in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when the door gets open to something good, because that's where I wanted the conversation to go. Uh, we look at a sandcastle. And that is nothing in comparison to the universe we live in, the complexity of this universe. And yet it is designed precisely the way it needs to be to support life here on earth. That is definitely the product of a mind. And so that's what I wanted John to realize. If he thought, if he thinks that this sandcastle is ridiculous to think that it came from nature, 
what do you think about the universe itself? Something much more complex. So I threw that out to him, uh, hoping to get his wheels turning to, to think a little bit more deeper on the subject. Well, let me click replies. And this is, you guys are watching, you're seeing how Twitter works right here. You just, you can keep going through these threads. And sometimes people will be responding to this and that'll create its whole new conversation. Sometimes people respond to something else and create a whole nother conversation. Do you try to keep these people straight? Like every time I'm on here, there are so many people that comment. I'm like, it's hard for me to remember. Oh, I know. It's like, I know that guy now. Or do you get to the point where you've done it so much, you have people that you know that person now. It feels like you know them based on your conversations. Yeah, definitely. There's some few uh, atheists out there that I do know that are well-meaning. They do want to have actual conversation. They're not just out the troll. So I will reply to them more often than I will others. Uh, sometimes I will troll atheists back. I'll admit I do that sometimes. <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> It's just part of the process because actually there's a method to that madness. If you troll somebody back that's trolling you and you do it in, in, in a particular way, you can actually open up a dialogue with them. It's like they respect their own method. Does that make sense? It does. And I've found the same thing. And uh, our friend Daniel, uh, Darwin to Jesus, I got a few of his that we'll pull up here in just a minute. But he does the same thing. He's like, I've actually found atheists that will respect me because I'm mirroring their conversation and just giving it right back to them. So what, what <laughs> I don't want to pick on anybody in your church, but what sw some sweet old lady in your church might think, well, Wendell, how dare you? It's almost like, no, you need to communicate with them in this way. I mean, not that she's on Twitter doing that, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually received messages from other Christians on Twitter. And they're like, that comes off a little harsh, uh, a little unloving. And, and they were doing that because they were concerned. But when I explained it to them, the process, they're like, oh, that makes sense. So uh, Christians, this is you can be as mean as you want. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is important, though, to figure out how to mirror. Oh, uh, Amanda just told me Daniel is listening right now. Daniel, what's up, buddy? I love you, man. We're, I got some of your stuff getting ready to be pulled up here in just a minute. So I'll show you that here in just a second, okay? Uh, let me hit another one and then just kind of tell me, okay, why'd you post it? What's going through your mind? Let's just go through some of these conversations. And and by the way, before I hit this next one, I mean, like, did you get a degree in Twitter apologetics? Is that why you're doing this? Or is this something that anybody can do? Uh, this is something anybody can do. I mean, if you're willing to learn, to put the study in, you don't have to have a degree in apologetics to practice apologetics. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are to defend our faith but it doesn't tell us we have to go get a degree first before we do so. And I, I have found that it, I know some, some Christian parents, I guess I got a lot of thoughts going through my mind. Some Christian parents want to go, I want to protect my child from that. I don't want them to see all those responses. The atheists might get to them. And mm -hmm. my mind is, no, this is a great place to do real education, to do real learning. You will get real world experience through interactions like this, I'm not saying put your five-year-old on Twitter, but like it would be interesting to have a high school student uh, say, hey, one of their classes is you have to interact with X posts per week. <laughs> I guess X posts mm -hmm. per week. That's kind of funny because um, it's called X now. But you have to uh, 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 do so many and practice. What would you say to somebody who says this? What would you say to somebody who says this? What was that learning curve like for you as you've done that? Oh, well, I guess I first started apologetics uh, when I was an undergraduate, uh, getting my degree in philosophy at a state university. They do not treat 
Christianity with kid gloves there, right? <laughs> so being the conservative Christian at a state school, wow, you're going to receive attacks from all sides. So to get some of these answers to these objections that I was receiving, that's when I started studying. And then I realized, wait a minute, there's some really great answers to these objections. And so that's kind of what got me started in apologetics. And then going back to your example there, I believe we should encourage our children. Now, when they get about high school age is a good time to start, really should encourage them to get into the mud, tangle, wrestle with some of these arguments that's going on. Because so often these kids, they'll, they'll hear something repeated uh, from an authority figure at school, right? Like a professor or a teacher, and they'll just take it for truth. And they think this person, you know, they, they were hired to teach me. So therefore, they they know what they're talking about. And oftentimes, let, let's be honest, there's a lot of propaganda out there against Christianity in the Western world, particularly in America. And so the Christianity is often on the receiving end of attacks. Uh, it's protecting your children to teaching them how to defend their faith is the best way to protect your children from these atheistic uh, movements, in my opinion. Man, I, I did not know that your degree was in philosophy. It makes me wonder, like, do you, I find myself trying to psychoanalyze people that tweet back or that respond or that I'm interacting with to find out, okay, what's their mindset? Is that, are you, when you read something, because there's not a lot to go on there and sometimes you have to make some assumptions. Have you gotten pretty good at figuring out the kind of person that's talking to you based on what they say? Yes, in time, you will learn to understand how that person communicates. Uh, that's why I go back to a lot of the people that I do interact with on a regular basis. I do so because I know where they're coming from. Uh, some newer people may jump in, and in time, we may develop a, a bit of a relationship and start talking as well. But it does take a little time to figure somebody out because there are no sarcasm fonts, you know, yeah. on Twitter. And we need and everybody that, loves, don't we? Yes. Everybody loves to use sarcasm. Even I use sarcasm. I wonder... Elon really should institute that, man. Elon, we need a sarcasm font, no doubt about it. Uh, and that's that's definitely something to see. And sarcasm is a, um, okay, what would you say to the Christian who's like, oh my goodness, you should not be sarcastic on a social media platform like Twitter where all the world can see? Oh yeah, I, and I do get that. I get that objection. Uh, I tell them you should be sarcastic because sar sarcasm is a tool that we can yeah. use, and if used correctly, it can lead us to a end that we're trying to get to. Because we're trying to show them a truth that they may not be able to see any other way. They need to see this truth. Exactly. Okay. Let me uh, let me hit another one here. Uh, okay. You posted this. Let's be honest. If atheists had their way in America, they would abolish the First Amendment in the, in the United States and make Christianity illegal. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty powerful, like, punch to the face was th is this genuine or is this you trying to get a response to see what they say tell me what you're thinking on this one i want them to begin thinking through the importance of religious liberty in america and do i believe that this is truth i think if the right atheist was able to rise to power or in another 20 or 30 years if things continue to go as they're going now i absolutely believe that they will at least legislate christianity to the point where it's essentially illegal meaning that uh, Christians will only be allowed to preach a certain way, speak a certain way, operate in a certain way, uh, similar to what you might find in other countries of the world uh, where Christianity may be legal, but it's the government-sanctioned version of Christianity that's truly legal. I mean, because already we're seeing hate crime uh, ideology of if you say homosexuality is a sin, 
Even if you, I mean, I know guys that were in England, they literally read from the King James Bible. They just simply read verses and were arrested and fined for reading those verses. So it's not like this is a stretch at all, what you're trying to communicate. Right. I believe there's a real danger of this happening and happening very soon. Uh, now, will it be an outright abolishment of Christianity? I doubt it. It would be more of a government handicapping of Christianity, if that makes sense. A lot of red tape, uh, just making the rules so strict that it would be hard to operate as a church in this country. Yeah, you're allowed to say this, but you're not allowed to say that part. You can hold to this, but you can't hold to that. And them deciding what parts of Christianity uh, you want to, to to listen to. So tell me about some of the responses that you got here. I love it. Daniel's like, okay, I, I got to tell you, Daniel, our friend, and I'll get to some of his tweets here in just a second. He's like the king of memes, man. He oh, yeah. loves memes and he creates videos. So if you don't follow him, he's Darwin to Jesus, at Darwin to Jesus. And you're going to you're gonna just love that, okay? Lifelong atheist who found Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, if you go, I did a little thing on him, creationtoday.org slash Daniel. It's just Daniel, not Daniel's story, right? Anyway, uh, and Daniel, I'm working on your full story. I can't wait to get the whole thing out there, but uh, too cool. So uh, you got one guy, uh, observations from life. I don't think atheists are organized in the way you think they are. And you said, I think the internet plays a has played a huge role in organizing atheistic thought and injecting it into mainstream American culture. What were yeah. some of the main uh, cons concepts you got back? I mean, was there a ton of pushback from atheists with this? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because every atheist is by far, if you talk to them, is the greatest moral person to ever live, right? And <laughs> we, we Christians are just, uh, you know, we, we, we're not very good people in their eyes. Uh, I will say this. You know, I do believe in a thing called a digital conscience, and uh, Elon Musk has spoken on this a little bit. And it's this idea that in the digital world we live in, Twitter being the town square, it almost creates the narrative. And that narrative becomes so powerful that it tends to influence thousands and thousands of people at one particular time. That's why there's such a battle on Twitter, you know, from the, the left or from the right to try to control who can rise to the top and get their information out there. It is the world's biggest microphone. And so and if you can use it correctly, you can create a digital uh, conscience or at least control that a little bit. And it's a powerful platform. And so uh I think every Christian ought to be operating in Twitter for that purpose. But going back to your main question here, you know, they do push back. And most of them don't believe they're trying to abolish anything. But ask them a few uh, quick questions about what should be allowed in the public sphere from Christianity. And they'll pretty much veto every one of those. Wow. And that's that's true. And we're coming at it from a, hey, God knows best. This is how to create a good... Not only is it true, but it also, because it's true, it works and it creates a better society with individual responsibility, family responsibility, church responsibility, and then civil government responsibility. It's got all of it laid out there and they want to undo a whole lot of it and, and, and really, I guess, try to focus on government. But it really does work because it is true. It's from God. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus said you can't serve two masters and the government knows that as well. You can't serve God and the government. So they want, you know, they want our allegiance. They don't want our allegiance to be to God. Well, from what I looked up, uh, current stats, 48% of users turn to Twitter now to get the latest news. It seems like faster than Instagram or Facebook or your nightly news, faster than your newspapers, faster than 
the the all the news stations can get it out. You find stuff out faster on Twitter than anywhere else because it's posted, reposted, and shared very, very quickly. What's um, yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I, I believe they call it what citizen journalism. Yes, I mean, you got somebody on the spot. They pop it open. They're live on Twitter. They beat the news there by an hour. Yeah. It's got, uh, I think, 350-some million users globally right now. Some stats had it up at 66 million. I know that Elon has tried to get down on the bots as far as he can, the people that are just kind of creating uh, the, 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 the bots to do things. But let me go to this next post that I have opened here. Uh, I reject Darwinian evolution. Do you? Okay, so mm-hmm. what, what's going on in your mind uh, when, you, when you post something like that? All right, I'm going to let you in a little secret here. This is called a call to action. And those in the internet world or the advertising world, they understand what that means. Call to action means you're wanting people to respond. And so Darwinian evolution, uh, which I reject, I reject that for several different reasons, uh, is a topic that I believe today needs to be discussed more and more because there are some major flaws in Darwinian evolution. Now, of course, out of Darwinian evolution has become this whole uh, current understanding of evolution itself. And it's gone from so much more than just biology. It is now within every other discipline within academia. They all take themselves back to evolution. So what I want them to ask, the, what I'm trying to get people to ask themselves is, what if evolution is false? That would not just undermine the field of biology, but that would undermine pretty much every other field of academia today, because so many base their own discipline off the idea of evolution. That's a good tweet right there, Wendell. I mean, the idea, you know, if evolution is false, what would have to change in your thinking? Like, wow, that's a big, big question. Well, you got a response here. Uh, I was reading Baxter, Stock Boy. Okay, how do people come up with these names too? Is it just like, I don't like the name my mama gave me? Uh, that's uh, I find it interesting on these the creative names here. Baxter, Stock Boy. Uh, so he says, why does this matter so much to you? Even... Uh, the leaders of the church agree that Darwinists are correct about how life began. Why is this hill a hill to die on? So tell me what you think he's thinking to write that, and then let me get into your response to that. Okay, so I believe he is thinking that evolution is compatible with Christianity. And I think a lot of the churches are to blame for this because from the pulpit, we've told people that their ideas on Genesis— really didn't matter. Didn't matter if they believe old earth. Didn't matter if they believe young earth. The important thing is the gospel, right? So if you believe that God utilized evolution as a mechanism to create the world that we live in, then so be it. If you believed he just simply spoke it into existence, it really doesn't matter. We're created and we are here today. Does that make sense? It does. And then what what are you thinking for a response? Obviously you respond. Darwinian evolution proposes that human beings are the result of changes in species over time. This means death mm-hmm. existed before the first human. The issue is, Scripture teaches that death entered the world through sin by way of Adam, which, by the way, that is it. You're hitting the nail on the head there. That is the big deal. Anyway, so I can click that and go into what you say here. So you're genuinely trying to help him understand that real Christianity— boy, I just—somebody's going to take that out of context. Christianity <laughs> that is consistent with the Bible— that's a whole other question. How careful do you have to be with your words or are you kind of willy-nilly? But you really got to be pretty precise sometimes in your language because you'll get mm-hmm. called out for anything on here. Um, Christianity that is consistent with biblical teaching would not hold to Darwinian evolution. 
put it that way? Yeah, I agree. So if evolution is true, the doctrine of original sin isn't true, which means the entire gospel narrative unveils. I hope that helps you understand. And then, of course, it goes on. So you're like, how much time do you dedicate to this a week? I mean, this is kind of, this could easily be a full-time job. What, what are you dedicating? It could be. Uh that's why I don't respond as much as I would like to, because I do have another full-time job. Uh, but in this particular instance, uh, the reason I responded to this particular uh, account was because I believe it was a genuine question. And something that everybody really needs to understand is the doctrine of original sin is at stake when it comes to the theory of evolution. If death existed pre-human, then death was already here. Therefore, Death is not the result of sin, which is exactly what Scripture teaches us. And so if death is not the result of sin, what did Jesus truly die to save us from? I mean, the, to me, the whole thing unravels if you lose the doctrine of original sin and evolution absolutely calls into question the doctrine of original sin. Uh, it, it really does. That is so true. Uh, I'm, I'm going long here on social media. I got to let you guys go. Uh, I want to keep going through more of yours and some of Daniel's. Get your mindset and then... Uh, I thought maybe in the second half, can can we just go on Twitter and like I'll type, you talk, like okay, what would you say to this guy? Let's 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 do some testing of what we would say. <laughs> maybe oh, we could let our creation partners tell us what they would say in response to some of these, and we could think through some of these. This will be good for us. Hey, social media, I do have to let you go. Unfortunately, I apologize. Uh, we're at the a little past the half hour mark, so uh, I gotta let you go. I'd love for you to join us right back here again next Wednesday live at noon. Or you can come on over to creationtoday.org and join us for the entire conversation at Creation uh, Today. Next week is going to be a very interesting conversation. Uh, we're calling it Behind Closed Books. And it is a, it's going to be a very uh, telling conversation of what is trying to be accomplished in the public school system by the LGBT community. They're trying to make it seem like, oh no, we're just trying to educate the kids. There is an agenda. Go, everybody has an agenda. I have an agenda. I'll admit it. I've got an agenda. Um, so I want to look at this with a, with a young lady who's actually studied this quite a bit and written on it. She's um, uh, I, You're really going to enjoy, well, it's going to be difficult to hear what they're actually teaching, but it's knowledge that I think you need and you will appreciate. You, you want to be aware of what's going on. So we'd love for you to join me next week live right here at noon as we continue that conversation. Hey, if you want to keep up to date with us, you can go to uh, uh, creationtoday.org slash sign up, creationtoday.org slash sign up, and we'll send you out uh, when we do these shows live. I would love it if you would jump on Twitter. Wendell, Wendell do you want people to jump on Twitter? Would yeah, cool? jump on Twitter. Create an account, and then you need to follow Wendell Talks. Now, the usernames all have the little at symbol, so at Wendell Talks. At Wendell Talks is who you're going to search for. Hit follow and then you can be part of the conversation. Wendell, uh, before I let them go, there's so much I want to get out here, uh, especially to those who are on social media. How important is it for Christians to just like or comment up the good and down the bad? How important is that? Oh, very important. Because in social media, if you take time to respond, to like, to comment on certain posts, it actually helps the algorithm, and it will distribute that post to a wider and wider audience. So just don't scroll by it. If you like it, just take a few seconds, like it, and repost it or reshare it. And I will say this, if you do create a, a new account, or if you're on Twitter and you, you're watching this today, uh, let me know that you've seen this today, and I'll follow you back. Oh, nice. I wonder, I'm always wondering what the psychology is there. How many, 
oh, I got I want to ask you who you follow, why you follow them, where you get your content, where you get your answers. By the way, what, social media, since hopefully they didn't kick you off yet, a um, couple of great resources for you that I love. We built a website called searchcreation.org. Uh, searchcreation.org. It indexes the top 43 websites on apologetics. So you could easily go on any social media platform, find what somebody is saying. Oh, I believe dinosaurs lived millions of years ago. Go to searchcreation.org. Did dinosaurs live millions of years ago? Or dinosaurs millions of years. Search. And you'll get tons of articles that if you just took the time to right-click, copy the link, paste the link on that social media site in the comments. Actually, that's not true. Check this out. Paste. Boom. You just had a voice in the in the, uh, what are we calling it? The, the, what did you call Twitter? It is the, the town square. Virtual conscience. The, yeah. Town square, yeah. virtual conscience. Uh, yes. Whatever have you. You're, you're raising the level of the number of people out there that believe the truth. And, and that is so necessary because oh, I just wish you guys could stay on here. I gotta let you go because, uh, the, the world understands this. And I think a lot of Christians just kind of pull back like, okay, we got it. We're good. No, our voice has to be heard. And this is just a simple step of lifting up the Christian voice. When you look at the stats that show what percentage of people believe in God and the Bible, that is not represented on most of the social media platforms. And that needs to be. So we need you liking, commenting, doing the things out there to help raise the voice and the conscience of what's going on and what people think. Because how many people don't comment on your threads, but they'll read the comments on your threads? And if they get somebody that disagrees, they're like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. And they're looking for answers on there immediately. Um, is, mm-hmm. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're exactly right. Uh, you just surmise it all perfectly. Uh, I would say this as well. The beauty about Twitter is you don't have to have a big following to get a big voice. You never know. Your tweet that you put out, you may have 10, 20, 30 followers or whatever, and it may go viral. I've seen it before. And you may reach an audience of millions. And, and you basically have hardly anybody. I was just looking. So that last one he posted, I reject Darwinian evolution. Do you? 62,000 uh, views. Uh, pe- people have seen that. Accounts have seen just that one tweet that you did. You got to mm-hmm. have a voice out there. So, uh, okay, we're way over. Social media, love you guys. Got to let you go. Come over to creationtoday.org and join us. Follow at Wendell Talks and at Darwin2Jesus, my friend Daniel, our friend Daniel. Uh, great memes. I'm going to get into those here in just a second. Okay, let's go through a few more by social media. Okay, you got to go now, Amanda. You can let him go.